Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Early March, it is the verge of spring and birds begin to fly back north to their homeland as NHL players begin flying to their new homes, courtesy of the phenomenon known as the trade deadline. Will new players bring new results or just more of the same? Well, thanks. You know, I'm glad Doc Emmerich came out of retirement to do that that lovely intro for us today. It's it's always good to hear from Doc and, and not Pierre. I'm glad Pierre didn't make the trip onto the podcast. Um, can you tell me, Steve, which bird, can you, how many birds can you name that migrate south during the winter? Two. Geese and ducks. Do ducks do that? Ducks fly together. I I thought they did. But do they fly, do they migrate south? I have no fucking clue. I'm going to Google it. Do (laughs) ducks migrate south for the winter? Wintering, moving south from there. Ducks spend much of their time in the southern portions of the United States. Okay, yeah, so I guess they do. Ducks fly together. I feel like I see ducks, though, during the winter anyway. Yeah, because they're flying south. I don't understand why they wait so long. Like, they're, birds are real procrastinators when it comes to getting yeah. south for the winter. Like, you see them flying, it's like snowing. I'm like, what are you doing? Do some of them just not? I have no clue. I know nothing about birds, Quakes. I mean, I know very little. My, my knowledge, okay, my knowledge comes down to, like, weird 90s flyers, all right, the X-Men, and 80s and 90s action movies. That's the long and short of it. That's most of my knowledge right there, okay? And The Simpsons. The Simpsons. And Seinfeld. Yeah. There you go. I know the flyers, the eagles. Oh, I know the birds. Whales. Those birds I know. Those birds I know. I know the whalers, not the whales. I wonder if, I don't think eagles migrate. Do eagles I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't. I don't think they do. They seem too bad. Those birds of prey are are just badass and they stick around and then they, they pick on all the mice that go out to try and find food. With available water and food resources, the species will occupy a territory year-round. However, many eagles will migrate south or to the coast in the winter in search of food. So it's not so much that they are doing it because they can't handle it. It's because they're just following where the food's going. You know, I, I understand. I, I will also... That's how I act with when I'm in the office, is I go where the food is. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we? T- we're talking so much about birds, and it's the trade deadline, baby. We got to talk about the trades, and there's been a bunch of them this week, and very none few, of which involving the Flyers. One, one of which involves the Flyers, which, and it's a blockbuster, yeah. folks. It is a blockbuster, the likes of which you've never seen. Sit down for this, okay? I don't want anybody fainting. I don't want anybody passing out and hurting themselves. Okay, this is a big fucking deal. All right, the Flyers traded. Isaac Ratcliffe. Okay, so the Ratcliffe pack is going to be devastated by this. To Nashville for, get this, huge, huge thing coming back to the Flyers. Future considerations. Oh, baby. That's big, Steve. Could be a cup of coffee somewhere down the line. It could be, it could be a bottle of vodka. Who knows? 
If you're in a pinch and you need something from the vending machine, but you don't carry cash, they got you. Barry Trotz will change one tire in the future, TBD. Yeah, Barry Trotz will hand you $5. Yeah, he'll he'll do something for you. And it has to be Barry Trotz now, because apparently David Poyle decided to retire mid-season from the Predators and well, hand over the reins to Barry Trotz. So, you know. So, so I think what's going to happen is David Poyle's, like, technically staying in his position until Jill, the last day of June. And then on July 1st, Barry Trotz becomes the new general manager. But Barry Trotz is there, like, now. So right now it's like Barry Trotz and David Poyle kind of calling the shots. And it seems to be working out for them because they have, uh, they've made some good trades yeah. here the last few days. The Flyers trade is a real nothing burger, as I'm sure you yeah, all know. We, nothing, I think yeah. most of us forgot Isaac Ratcliffe was even in the organization. Uh, I certainly did. And this big Mama Jamma is now in Nashville, so good for him. But let's just get into it and let's talk about the Predators who made a couple major trades, okay? And the first one I'm going to bring up here is one that I am still in disbelief that they pulled off here with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Quiggs, what, what happened with the Preds and the Lightning here? All right, so Tanner Janot. I mean... Young guy, gritty guy. Honestly, he would be a uh, someone that the Flyers, I feel like, would have been all over because he's skilled, but he's tough. Play makes it hard to play against Steve, if you will. Young guy, Doc. He played for the Manitoba Minutemen, and he was spectacular, Doc. Let me tell you. <laughs> Fuck, Pierre did make it. God damn it. <laughs> Rip to Pierre. I wonder what Pierre's doing now. Oh, man. Is he? I don't really did, care. Did, did the Senators him. fire him? I have no clue. Not, a, not an ounce of care. In it, it, there's the no world. way to tell. There's no way to find out what he's up to. Yeah. Now. None. How are we going to know where these players play their junior hockey? <laughs> not elite prospects. Certainly. You can't go to eliteprospects.com. No, you can't. Tanner Janot from the Predators. He was traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning for, get this package, Cal Foote, who's a, who's a promising young player for now the Predators, formerly the Lightning, a 2023 third round pick, fourth round pick, and fifth round pick, a 2024 second round pick, and a 2025 first round pick, which is top 10 protected. Oh, baby, that is a package right there. And the things that the Lightning were willing to do for grit, toughness, and having somebody affordable under the cap for a few years is insane to me. Now, here's the thing. If the Flyers make this trade, everyone's laughing at them because, like, what a what a crazy trade, right? But since it's Tampa and, like, they're actually good, people – like, there are a lot of people who are applauding this trade for Tampa because they're just like, well, they're going for it. They're going for another cup again. They want to they want to go to the, to the final for the fourth year in a row, and they want to win it for the third time in the last four years. And – I got to say, Tanner Janot does play a kind of game that fits well with Tampa. He's like, he's a hard-nosed dude. He's got a nose for the net. But like, man, that's a lot to give up for someone like that. And I know he's young. I know he's not even done developing. But wow, that is, that's something. It it's, really is. It's something. I'm, I, I don't think this is a very good deal for Tampa. But it doesn't really matter because they have so many other good talented players that 
you know, they can afford to take swings like this. So it's kind of whatever. But yeah, I, I don't like the steal for the lightning at all. This is 100%. I mean, we'll get into the full Guy Fieri ratings later, but this definitely needed a, a great deal more donkey sauce on the Tampa Bay Lightning's part. Whereas Nashville took a full ride to Flavortown. Like that is a great, great return for Nashville in this trade. Yes, it is. And real quick, can you guess what Tanner Janot's nickname apparently is, which I've never heard before? Oh, I have no idea. Let's uh, say not Steve Jaco. Not Steve Jaco. Definitely not Steve Jaco. His, his nickname is the Oxbow Ox. Excuse me? The Oxbow Ox? The Oxbow Ox, when his hometown of Oxbow, Saskatchewan, recognized his physical nature. Okay. Well, yeah, I know Pierre would have known that one for us. Oh, I'm sh- Oh, clearly. Clearly. Pierre? He's been all over that. That's what he's here for. He knows stuff like the Oxbow Ox, Doc. Let me tell you. <sighs> Tanner Janot, what a deal right there. And a bigger deal from a, a selling point of view for the Nashville Predators is they traded yeah. uh, Matthias Ekholm and a 2024 six to the Edmonton Oilers for Tyson Barry, Reed Schaefer, a 2023 first and a 2024 fourth. And before we break down this trade, I just have to say most of these trades were real mouthful this year. And it was exhausting even writing the details down on a Google sheet here for us to share. Yeah, this is a, this is a book that you have written right here. Yeah. It's a real novel. And it's funny cause I thought I was going to skim over the details. So if you look under the Timo Meyer trade, which we'll get into, I kind of just wrote a bunch of shit. I don't feel like writing, but then I wrote everything out <laughs> for every other trade because, and there's so many conditions. It is, it's confusing folks. It's a tough one, but big trades are at least being made this year. This is the most jam packed trade deadline I can remember for the NHL. Yeah. I saw something earlier from, um, I believe it was cap friendly that tweeted it out 41. Tra- and this is as of four Oh nine PM on Thursday, March 2nd. So more trades are going to happen after this. 41 trades in the two weeks leading up to tomorrow's deadline have now been made. Over the past 10 years, the previous max was only 20. We've more than doubled it. Wow. And the Flyers have done a lot of nothing. With a minimum of two players to sell, and you could say there's probably three or four more that they easily could, the Flyers have done nothing so far. It's stunning. Yeah. We th- Again, you might this might have all changed by the time you fine folks are listening to this. We're recording this on Thursday night at 9 p.m., 9.30 p.m. So if you're listening to this tomorrow afternoon, Chuck Fletcher could have actually done the right thing and sold off a bunch of parts. And I'm doubting it for some reason. But as of this time, the Flyers are really the one team who hasn't done jack shit. JVR hasn't gone anywhere. Justin Braun hasn't gone anywhere. Nick Sealer... Ivan Provorov, Kevin Hayes, these guys' names have all been mentioned. Even TDA's name has been mentioned for having some tires kicked. And I don't think TDA's happening now for a trade we're going to talk about later. But, you know, a lot of guys have had tires kicked, and Chuck Fletcher has not spun one tire out of the Wells Fargo Center. I think Kelly mentioned this earlier on in the Slack chat. She she was basically saying, where's Chuck? Does he not realize that the, like... Is he waiting until trade deadline day, not knowing that you can make trades before trade deadline day? Like, does he think trade deadline day is the one day of the year, like, where you can make trades? He might. it feels like he's waiting for no reason. He really might. A man 
is just his incompetence knows no bounds. And I'm just so sick and tired of Chuck. But let's go back to a trade that actually did happen. Matias Ekholm to the Oilers. I love this move for the Oilers. This is a big swing that they've needed to take. We've talked to Eamon before about Matias Ekholm because it's a player near and dear to his heart. And a guy that the Flyers had thought about getting when they were competitive a couple years ago. And this is actually like a really good move for the Oilers. This is a guy who could really help them immediately and they've needed defensive help for as long as I can remember. Yeah, this is a good one for them. And honestly, it's not bad for the t- for uh, Nashville either. Cause they're getting Tyson Berry, who's pretty solid defenseman, offensive defenseman. Um, I guess they're getting a prospect. They're getting a first round pick and a fourth round pick in next year's draft. Now the first round pick in this year's draft is going to be a later pick because the Oilers are probably making the playoffs, but still this is like a pretty, pretty solid draft and it's pretty deep. So that pick could potentially get them a solid player. So I, I like this trade for both sides. Honestly, I don't, I I don't have a problem with it at all. I agree. It's a evenly balanced, like a, a bucket of trash can nachos from, from good old flavor down here. <laughs> I'm running out of Guy Fieri references to make here. But yeah, this is a really well-balanced trade. I like this for both teams as well. Now, I mentioned Timo Meyer before. He was traded from the San Jose Sharks to the New Jersey Devils. And the reason I wrote for a whole bunch of shit I don't feel like saying in there is because it was a whole bunch of shit. And it doesn't really feel like anything that impressive was moved, but there was a great deal of it that was moved around. Yeah, no. All right. So Timo Meyer, him getting there was so much lead up to that trade. He was like one of the big names, you know what I mean? And then I was kind of I was kind of thinking it was going to come down to the last day of of the trade deadline because it just seemed like there were so many suitors and then of course the Devils step up and they get it. And honestly, like I'm kind of surprised that package wasn't bigger for Timo Meyer just because it's the way people were talking about him. It just felt like it was going to be this massive thing. And it's not that it was insignificant, but um, it could have been better. And it could have been a little better. Yeah. It's the opposite of what Kelly was talking about with Chuck waiting till the last minute, thinking you could only make trades on trade deadline day. Like they got this done way too early. This deal happened well before the trade deadline. And it it really feels like they could have milked a little bit more out of these other teams, really started a bidding war. And it it just kind of feels like they settled for this package with the devils. And I hate it as far as I hate the devils and I don't like seeing them improve because this is a really good player, especially if they can lock him down on a long-term contract. And that's the thing. Like, we don't know, like, how could you imagine if they gave up all those assets for just like one little stint with Timo Meyer? I could that totally imagine funny. that. I mean, that'd be very funny. It, it would be funny, but I'm also so incredibly envious because I would love for my team to be in the position to have that Monopoly money and just be, you know, saying, fuck it, let's do this live, let's go for it. And. No, we have whatever the hell Chuck Fletcher's doing playing, I don't know, Asteroids on his desktop computer because that's, of course, the only video game that Chuck Fletcher would know how to play because he's old as shit. Oh, I'm old too, I know. Uh, But, you know, like, I'm very envious of seeing them go for it. And the other team that really, I mean, there's a lot of teams that went for it this trade deadline, but another team in the Metro that really went for it is the New York Rangers. We talked about the Tarasenko deal previously, which is working out great for them because he 
<laughs> he single-handedly he the beat the Flyers last night. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But on top of Tarasenko, they got the biggest, I would say the biggest trade deadline fish this year and maybe last year, the past couple of years, in Patrick Kane. Uh, Patrick Kane, one of the most talented U.S.-born hockey players of all time. And he's definitely not the player he was a few years back, but he's still Patrick Kane. And yeah. whatever your thoughts on him outside of hockey, and believe me, there's a lot to say about him outside of hockey. The guy is a very, very good hockey player. And there's another one like with Meyer, where I was a little surprised at the price it went for. And you want to talk about moving parts. The Coyotes jumped in on this deal with Chicago and the Rangers. It's a whole goddamn thing. So much in there. There's conditional 2023 second round pick that could become a 2024 first top 10 protected or 2025 first if the Rangers make the Easter Conference finals. There's a bunch of bullshit. But guess what? Big friend of the show, Andy Wolinski, Wellesy himself, waiting for Wellesy, stick tap to the great Kurt for reminding me of that reference right there, went to Chicago as part of this deal. So the Rangers lost the deal because they gave up Wellesy. Yeah, they did. What are they thinking? What are they thinking? Like, they had the next Patrick Kane right there. Wellesy, we all is, know it. Is he even a def- is he a defenseman? I don't think he is. I, don't, I think Wolinski is like, uh, let's see. Andy Wolinski. Is he a forward? Or, uh, yeah, I think he's a forward. I, this is how irrelevant Andy Wolinski yeah. is that we can't even tell you. He is a defender. He is a defender. Oh, so, well, all they had to do was put him at forward, and he was going to put up Patrick Kane numbers. I don't know what they were thinking. Just like Justin Braun. Yeah. Like, it's only a matter of time until the avalanche of points comes for Justin Braun at the wing. <laughs> On the fourth line. It's happening. And Risto. Risto, who's Risto, now yeah. playing center on the power play, which is stunning. Wild. Uh, or not center, but he's the net front yeah. presence, which is hilarious to me. Like They're just getting wild now. They are getting weird right now. I like getting weird, but this team's depressing. So what do you think about this Kane deal for the Rangers? I mean, I, I love, I hate that the Rangers are improving. And I hate that their offense all of a sudden could potentially be killer, although it did not click tonight. And I I just hate that they're adding an elite talent to this forward core. But if I'm talking neutrally as a hockey fan and just as somebody like an objective move, I love that they're fucking going for it. No, I do too. This Rangers team and this trade, I feel like was a bit of a slam dunk for them because frankly, it was, it was a lot like the Giroux situation from last season where the Flyers are like, all right, where do you want to go? And Drew's like, I want to go to only one team, and that's the Panthers. And that limited the Flyers' negotiating ability, and they kind of got sucked into taking a, a not-as-great package as one would imagine for an all-star player. You could have had a ring, Claude. You could have been with Colorado. You could have won it all. But no, could no, have. no. But we Patrick Kane had the same choices. situation. Patrick Kane was basically saying, you trade me to the Rangers or else, or else, or else I'm not going anywhere. And they weren't going to just let him sign with the Rangers for free in free agency. So they traded him to the Rangers and um, yeah. So, and that's why the return for him was so tiny, but I mean, still regardless, it's, I mean, that's a really good deal on the Rangers part. They knew that they had all the leverage in the negotiating. And now all of a sudden they have Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, Philip Hedl, um, not to mention Capo Caco, uh, or Capo Caco, whatever the fuck it is. Capo Caco. Um, 
Alexi Lafreniere, like they have Adam Fox, like they have good, very good players from top to bottom, and not and of course one of the best goalies in the entire NHL. So yeah, they have a pretty fucking good team. <laughs> and they have a pretty fucking good team. Wild. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, like, even with all of this, the Rangers adding so much, the Devils adding a nice piece, Carolina still you know, the favorites to win the Metro right now and Boston's still the cup favorite, still the Eastern conference favorite by a lot. And, you know, Boston was not exactly inactive either because, yeah. you know, Boston, they made a couple, they, they traded with the cast for a couple defenders, but then on top of that, they made a deal today that nobody really expected to see. And they acquired Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings for a 2024 conditional first round pick, top 10 protected, and a 2025 fourth round pick. And the impetus for this trade really was because they didn't really have to do anything because the Bruins have just been heads and tails the best team in hockey this year. It's they've been unbelievable. But Taylor Hall was recently injured and they're still evaluating just how bad that is and making a move like this kind of leads you to believe the team. Or was it. he injured, Steve? Ooh, a little conspiracy or theory. Or was he injured? Let's throw maybe on the tinfoil hats, baby. Let's do it. Maybe this is a situation where he magically gets better right around the playoffs. Mm. You know, maybe that's what's happening. Let's just get rid of the salary cap. That's just so much bullshit. I know. Yeah. Like I, I but, ugh. but, I got to say, like, the Bruins, I, I I think the Bruins know that, like, this is the year they have to go for it this year. They have to, because they have Bergeron on a sweetheart deal. Yeah, and he's about to leave. The, he's Well, he's about to retire. I think he's just going to be retire. done. Retire, yeah. Krejci came back for the season. He's probably going to leave again next season. And... He's on a $1 million deal, David Krejci. Yeah, and... I think Bergeron's on a two and a half million dollar deal, which for him yes. might as well be a one million dollar deal. It's ridiculous right. that they have yeah. him for that. It's absolutely absurd. I'm still incensed that they have Bergeron for only a little bit more than what the Flyers are playing Nick Delorier. It's insane to me. Bergeron, <laughs> the best two way center of the past decade. It's just maybe one of the best two way centers of all time. He's just so goddamn good. And they have Posternock on his current deal through this season, and then uh, Posternock signed. A nice big old extension, boosting his cap hit up to what was it, eleven and a half, twelve and a half? Eleven point two five million. Eleven point two five, which honestly, I feel like that's actually a discount because Posternock is so damn it's good. Well, yeah, it's well deserved. Maybe with uh with him having a new contract in hand, maybe he'll have some apple ice cream to celebrate. Excuse me? That's right, Steve. Apple David Pastor David Pasternak, according to let me find the uh, the situation here, um, according to Ty Anderson, who uh, Bruins and more for nine eight five the Sports Hub. Not sure what that is, but according to Ty Anderson, the Sports Hub, the Sports Hub. Apparently, David Pasternak says apple is his favorite ice cream flavor. Did he misunderstand the question? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, does he mean Ooh, pie? banana? Pie? Like, what is he talking about? Apparently, apple is his favorite ice cream flavor. And I got to be honest, I have many questions about this. So my first thought is this has to be a Czech thing or a European thing, right? It has to be because I... I've had a lot of weird ice cream flavors. Don't get me wrong. Like I love a good funky ice cream over at like one nine hundred ice cream or like uh, 
I'm trying to think of some of the other funky. There, there's a, so many good ice cream shops in Philly, right? Uh, Franklin Fountain, for instance. I don't think I've ever seen apple on a menu. No. And nor would no, I want to try not... it. It just doesn't sound good. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something I would enjoy at all. And, I would uh... try apple as like a water ice. I think, or an Italian ice, if you're not from Philadelphia. I Actually, I should say it right. A water ice. If, because, you know, that lends itself more to fruit flavors, right? Like, yeah. we're talking about ice cream, like the lactose and the dairy. No. Now, don't get me wrong. I like some weird, you know, things. Like, I think we've spoken before about how I like pizza and OJ. Uh, no, we it. haven't talked about how you like pizza and OJ. We've talked pizza about like how you don't eat condiments and dips like a weirdo. But pizza and OJ? Excuse me, sir? Get some pizza. Get a pizza pie. Little cup of OJ. What kind? Are you talking like any pizza? Sl- are you talking? Slip it down. If we're being specific, a Costco pizza from Costco. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> And not just any Costco pizza, Steve. Not the ones that they sell at the food court. What are you doing? I'm talking the ones that are like fr- that, like the make at home ones. Did you have an accident with your taste buds as a child? <laughs> no. Did like? I'm sorry. You just haven't been enlightened. Did you dip your tongue in like a vat of radioactive waste and you can't taste things? Like, wait. So it's it's oh, a wait, Costco yes, I... pizza. It's a Costco yeah. pizza. And orange juice. Orange juice. I I don't have the words for this. Uh, this is greatly upsetting to Have me. you tried this combination? No! Why would I have tried this? Why would I have because tried this at any point in my life? It's marvelous. Why would I have tried it's this? It's marvelous. I'm going to have to do it now because you've mentioned it. It sounds terrible to me. It sounds god-awful. And, okay, and let's... And once is it do, a pepperoni pizza or is it a plain pizza? pizza? What was that? Is it pepperoni, plain sausage? What do you got on there? Oh, pepperoni. A pepperoni pizza... From Costco, which I'm not and doing the Costco massive part. pepperonis, huge pepperonis. Yeah, I can get good. I can get huge pepperonis. Okay, non Costco pizza better These than Costco. Literally any pizza has to be better than Costco. Good lord! So a Costco. Oh, okay, that's that's uncalled for. <laughs> I, I will go to bed for Costco. Pizza. I will. Do, I, all right. So first things first, the, the pizza that they, the Costco pizza that they sell at the food court, like when you're checking out at Costco, that is a, I would say a six and a half, seven out of 10 pizza in my mind. Oh my God. But the ones that you buy. Are you getting on your tippy like, toes when you're making that proclaimant? <laughs> the ones that you buy and you make at home in your own oven, that's like an eight out of 10 pizza. <laughs> a frozen pizza? It's, I don't even know if it's frozen. It's more just cold dough with, I, with like, cold pepperoni and shredded cheese on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It, Steve, I'm telling you, <sighs> you have to see the light. I, I'm not going to. I, you have to. I'm never doing this. I never. I'll try the OJ combination, which I'm very skeptical about. It sounds awful to me. <laughs> oh, I will not be trying it with Costco. I will try it with a a fine South Philadelphia pizza joint. Is it? I got an OJ question for you. Then are you? Okay. What, what OJ are you going with? Are you going with like Tropicana? Tropicana pulp yeah. or no pulp? Oh, no pulp. Okay. 
Okay. Oh, pulp sucks. I was I was going to be very concerned if you're you're drinking an orange basically because that's what pulp is. You're basically yeah. eating an orange and eating a pizza. That just sounds yeah. like so upsetting for my stomach. I <laughs> I'm just imagining like taking a bite out of pizza with a bunch of little things of pulp stuck between my teeth. Like it, it sounds so unappealing. I mean, this oh. sounds unappealing to me to start with, but. I'll give it a shot. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to do it by the next time we record, but take your time. It's a big step. <laughs> it's a big step. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I get to it by the life changing. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I get to it by the time we're even still on Vox at this point. Who even knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get to it. It's uh, that. Oh, that's gnarly. Okay. So you Where like, you like pizza that? and orange juice, but you still oh. want to try apple ice cream. Pasternak, yeah. Um, I mean, I would try it. I guarantee I wouldn't like it, though. I'm, like, very confident that I would not like apple ice cream. I, I bet it's fine, but, like, I don't, it's not what I'm looking for from ice cream. When I'm eating ice cream, like, I don't know, I want, I want some chocolate. I want some fudge, you know? I want some caramel. I want some goodness. Now, I'll say this. If it's Granny Smith apple ice cream, that might not be bad. Okay, I, I actually, I, I am not an apple aficionado, so I can't, I, I'm not a huge apple guy to start with. So, like, I, I'm not really well-versed in this regard. So, so, Granny Smith is the green apple. Right. Maybe so, it is. We'll have to ask David Posternock when we get him on the pod yeah. next week. No, he's not coming on. <laughs> Sorry, Flaypaniacs. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if just out of nowhere, we just... No announcement or anything. We just have David Posternock on the podcast. Up David Posternock to talk about ice cream. Not even talk about his yeah. hockey career. Just talk about ice cream. No, we don't care about hockey. Listen, if any... <laughs> so we potentially might be at the Flyers Carnival next month. And if we do happen to get, like, anybody, like, that's... Play, I, I feel like I need to interview people about non-hockey stuff. Like, if we get Danny Briere on, just be like, So, Danny, do you think pizza and OJ go together? We got to get some information out of these guys. <laughs> we got to we got to ask them the important questions. I mean, one of my favorites still is uh, when we did the the Snyder hockey event with the Flyers alumni, and <laughs> Craig went up to Scott Hartnell, Kimo Timonen, and Danny Briere and asked each one who would win in a fight, like between the other two. So it's like Hartnell, and he's like, "Who'd win in a fight between Briere and a?" Uh, and Timonen. And he went up to Timonen and asked who'd win in a fight between Briere and Hartnell. And then he went up to Briere and asked, yeah. Hartnell would, Hartnell would kill Briere. Uh, you know, I, I'd have to go back and look at the answers, but uh, it was, or listen to the answers, but that was that was funny as shit. But yes, we need to ask yeah. uh, the most irre- irreverent questions to these people whenever possible. But let's, uh, let's steer back into the hockey of it all here and... Regardless, I think that's a, a, these are all great moves by the Boston Bruins and they are easily the cup favorite and they should be the cup favorite and they are fucking going for it because they, they might be dog shit in a couple years, frankly. They might just be David Posternock and Linus Olmark and, and that's the thing. Like, that's why they're doing this now because like, I feel like they know like Bergeron's probably retiring after the season. Krejci might retire after the season. Um, We have a lot of money tied up to pasta and Charlie McAvoy and some of our younger guys like, and what are they going to do with Allmark? Like, how much is he? Does he 
how does his contract look right now? Yeah, like he's I mean, well, he's under contract for a couple more years at five million per, but like still I feel like they they might have some rough years ahead. And I they might have they to rebuild know, the like, team a little bit, you know, like you, you'll have your cornerstones, but you'll have to fill in the blanks between them. I think what they're going to have to do is something similar to what the Capitals are doing right now, where they still have their core in place. They still have Ovechkin, uh, Backstrom, Wilson, Kuznetsov, Oshie, but everyone else, they're kind of trading away while keeping the main core. And then they're like, they're doing what the Flyers think they're doing. Like they're actually retooling. I love what the Caps are doing. And they're I do really they they are selling the parts they need to sell. Like mm-hmm. they said they they traded Lars Eller to the to the Avalanche for a 2025 second round pick. I love that by the way. A lot of these picks are like 2025, 2026. Just years I can't even fathom at this point. So this is not a mind fuck at all. But they've made a couple other moves. They made that move with Boston. I really like what the Caps have done. I kind of like what St. Louis has done selling early, but they're also mentioned in these rumors for big time players and I don't really understand it. Yeah. No, I mean it's they're definitely I, like, I think they were – people were saying that they were in the uh, in the mix for Chikrin, and that didn't happen. So, like, yeah, I and don't know, but that's – that's a good transition over to Chikrin because that was maybe one of the biggest just, I, I guess, news drops, news bombs that came out was Jacob Tr- Chikrin, who's basically been held out for the past month awaiting yeah. a trade, was finally traded. He finally escaped Arizona in their 5,000-seat college arena. And he had made his way to Ottawa to the Senators. So the Ottawa Senators, as we were discussing in the BSH Slack earlier today, have already done more trade-wise to support Claude Giroux than the Flyers did for the past decade. Yes, without question. And I think Kurt is going to be writing a story about this, I think. Oh, wow. Don't quote me on that. I think he said he was going to write something on this. Um, So we don't want to get too deep into it because we don't want to keep people from reading Kurt's story. No, but, but I, I agree with the true. premise. I, I totally yes. agree with the premise because they didn't really do shit. They kept retooling and blah, 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 and they didn't do shit. But the the Senators went out and they got Chikrin, and it's a, a great yeah. deal, you know? Uh, so they traded uh, for Chikrin. They traded a 2023 conditional first, top five protected, 2024 conditional second, becomes a 2024 first round, top 10 protected. If Ottawa makes the 2023 Eastern Conference Final, 2025 first, if the pick is in the top 10, whew, and a 2026 second. Take a breath, Steve. That was rough. I had to be the micro-machine man for that. But, it, like... Uh, details aside on that deal, I love that deal for both sides. I think that the Coyotes got good value for one of their most talented players, and the Ottawa Senators made a big goddamn swing that this helps them for the... How long is Chikrin under contract? Is he is he a free agent, or is he signed He's under contract. Years? He's got terms still. So yeah. this is... I love that deal, then, because this is... Yeah. A, a, you're talking cornerstone pieces, right? They have a couple cornerstone pieces now, and... I think, did he get hurt tonight in their game against the Rangers? He got hurt, but he, like, came right back and he, like, finished the game. He might, like, yeah, it looked like he was in some pain, but, uh, like, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he, like, missed a couple games, but, like, it it doesn't look like something that's bad. Good. Okay. The Senators, they got a couple cornerstone pieces all of a sudden, and they have Tim Tim Stutzla, who's outstanding, Brady Kachuk. 
And they got old man Claude over there. So they have a lot going on all of a sudden. And I'm very jealous of the Ottawa Senators. Like two years ago, laughing stock of the NHL. Now, super jealous. I feel bad laughing about all those rumors of Giroux going back to Ottawa. I mean, it seemed like a farce a couple years ago. It, it seemed completely absurd. Out to be great. Yeah. Well, and part of that, <laughs> Eugene Melnick died, right? Like yeah, Eugene yeah. Melnick was an abysmal, abysmal owner. He was terrible, and that franchise suffered under him. And without him, they are free, and they're making better decisions. And it just seems like a fun, healthier place to be, and as opposed to Philadelphia, which is just seems like a toxic cesspool that guys need to get like Kevin Hayes the other day came out was saying like I hope I'm not traded I want to stay it's like Kevin you don't want to stay you don't no, want any part don't. of this get, get out you do not man. want to stay yeah can you imagine the vibes in Ottawa if Ryan Reynolds buys the team oh my god it's gonna be amazing it's gonna <laughs> It'll be, so be like a fun. top two destination in the NHL yeah like, like overnight everyone will want to go to the Senators because they're I mean they're just fun right now and I'm Honestly, I kind of want to start rooting for the Senators because I'm gonna. I, I like I the vibe. Yeah, fuck it, fuck yeah. it. I'm not. You know, I'm going for it. Got nothing to root for with the Philadelphia Flyers right now. Let me tell you. Getting any other big trades to discuss? Uh, this isn't a big one, but Jonathan Quick got traded around a couple times. He got traded to the Blue Jackets for Corpusalo and my favorite <laughs> he said, name in the NHL. He said, "Fuck this." Fuck he this. said, "Fuck that." And they um, and then the Blue Jackets had to trade him because they knew he wasn't going to play for them. So now he's on the Golden Knights, which of course he's on the Golden Knights. So the Kings traded Quick, uh, conditional twenty twenty three first, uh, conditional. And a 2024 third to the Blue Jackets for Corpusalo and Vladislav Gavrikov, one of the best names in the NHL, let me tell you. And yeah, Quick then got flipped over to the Vegas Golden Knights, and Quick's been terrible this year, so uh, good luck with that, Vegas. But it's very funny that they pulled the reverse Jeff Carter, and he immediately, just like Jeff Carter, said, no, thank you. So something that's even funnier about this is, and shout out to... One of the, to the OG Craig Forsyth for uh, tweeting this. I didn't notice this at first glance. The Columbus Blue Jackets tweeted earlier a photoshopped image of Jonathan Quick in a Blue Jackets uniform, and they said, "Our time with you was quick but memorable." <laughs> Good pun there. And but in the photo, it's Jonathan Quick photoshopped in a Blue Jackets sweater, celebrating. And a Blue Jackets hat. And behind him is Justin Braun. Miserable. The most miserable (laughs) face you can imagine on Justin Braun. Like, he just looks like, I don't know. Like, he got the worst news of his life. He just looks so dejected. (laughs) The funniest thing about this is, like, Jonathan Quick never suited up for a single game as a member of the Blue Jackets. And the Flyers still lost to Jonathan Quick as a member of the Blue Jackets. The dunks That's how don't bad stop. the Flyers are. The dunks do not stop, my friend. They, they absolutely do not stop. And I, I wanted to take a second talking about Jonathan Quick to finally remember the time that I interviewed Brian Boucher. And when I asked him how who should start for Team USA in the 2014 Olympics between Ryan Miller and Jonathan Quick, and Ryan Miller was having a much better season, Brian Boucher asked me how many cups... Ryan Miller had won. Oh. What a what a response. Thanks. Thanks, wow. Boosh, for engaging in the conversation. 
Real quick, you know what uh, Justin Braun looks like in this photo of him in the background of Jonathan Quick? What's that? Blue jacket sweater. He looks like the girl on the cover of uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Mm. Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, great album. He looks like the uh, whatever, whatever. uh, Like Cherub. Whatever, like, painting that was that they, like, because apparently that's, like, an actual painting that they just, like, cropped into their album cover. That is no surprise. He looks, he looks like that. Okay, okay, I kind of see it, yeah, but somehow more, mi- like, very miserable. More miserable, yeah, just definitely more miserable. the most miserable face I can imagine on Justin Braun, and it's about <laughs> it's most, the most emotion I've ever seen out of Justin Braun. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I've seen a lot. But... You know, he, he said he wanted to get traded to contender, imagine that. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if he'll play. Oh my god! Well, that, that, that's one of the things that's driving me nuts Will about play forward, Steve. Jesus Christ! Well, the Flyers this week, you know, most teams like the the Coyotes have held out Chikrin for like a month at this point, which is you know to the extreme. But the Flyers are playing these guys like they played Braun, they played JVR last night. JVR showed up to practice. Like, <laughs> You want to put these guys under bubble wrap and the Flyers saying, nah, fuck it. They can go out there. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> every, every, yeah. Like asset management is like kind of the thing right now in the NHL and the Flyers are just like, nope, we're going to ice our best team and we're going to give it our all every night. And I'm like, all right, cool. I get the spirit, but like, is that smart? <laughs> I don't think it is like at all. I walked by the Wells Fargo Center earlier today, and they were loading JVR into a giant cannon, preparing to shoot him off into FDR Park. I I don't know what they're thinking. Wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do, but you know, let's. Uh, former Flyers have moved around quite a bit this week, though, which is very funny to me. They and, have, and specifically defensemen. Former Flyers defensemen. There were three. Moves involving former Flyers defensemen. First, Eric Gustafson, a legend. Let me tell you, one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first were traded from the Washington Capitals to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Rasmus Sandin. That's a good trade for, I I mean. I don't like that. Honestly, I I like the first for the Leafs, but I don't like the Eric Gustafson part. Me neither, but I don't think Gustafson's going to be playing. I guess, I guess, but it's a, it's I, a, I, don't, I don't really understand a lot of the Leafs moves. Like I understand some first of them, but, yeah. from Washington is pretty good. And now Red, Rasmus Sandin, I think is like a, I honestly don't know too much about him. So I don't, I don't know a ton either. I don't want to say too much that might be outlandish, but like from what I've heard, I think he's like a promising defenseman for them. But like, I mean, clearly because the Caps wouldn't have given a first and Eric Gustafson for him. Um, but, I mean, getting a first, if you're the Maple Leafs at this stage, I mean, that's – you can't complain about that, you know? So – because the Maple Leafs are also one of those teams that are just fucking going after it. Just going like, after it, for sure. Yeah. Every team in the East, it's an arms race right now in the East. The West, they don't give a shit. They know, like <laughs> – They know the Avalanche are just going like, to come out on top after all this. The Avalanche are going to march into the playoffs, even with all their injuries, all their problems, and they're still going to dominate <laughs> The second and third round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, that is the Stanley Cup play. Like, those are the Stanley Cup finals, really. Well, we'll see, because... Unless the Avalanche go crazy. The Avalanche might be pulling, like, a Rocky 
four or three or whichever yeah. movie Ro- in which well, I think it's all the Rockies where he basically just takes a bunch of punches to the face and then knocks the other guy out because apparently, you know, uh, if there's no brain in that head, Rocky, Rocky can't be knocked down. Yeah. <laughs> I love Rocky. And also he gets punched also, in the face like, a lot. Also, we have to keep in mind that the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to be such a bloodbath. Who knows how much energy any of these teams are going to have left when they get to the like to the final? So maybe the West has a has the edge in that department. I guess it's possible. And you know, it, just because I said Colorado will be the team, it doesn't mean like the Oilers got Eckholm, which is a great move. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, other moves but still could the be the Oilers. They're still the Oilers, right? And there's other moves that could be made. Before again, we're recording this on Thursday night. The trade deadline is tomorrow at three, and all of this could be outdated by the time you're hearing it. But probably not. Most of the big moves have been made. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, please trade JVR. So the Leafs made this deal with the Capitals, but they were not done with former Flyers. No, sir. They had to bring home one Luke Shen from the Vancouver Canucks. Luke Shen traded. From the Vancouver Canucks to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a 20-23 third round pick. And I can't believe Luke Shen is still a relevant name in 2023. He's a human eraser, Steve. A human eraser. This is an amazing detail I found out this <laughs> week. It was Mark Masters on Twitter. Can you bring up the tweet? It's not loading for me. I can. Let me bring that up now. Yeah, if you could bring that up and read what that tweet said, because uh, I, I wanted to f- remember which player called him the Human Eraser, which is a nickname I've never heard, but I love it. I don't think it's accurate, but I love it. So Mark Masters of uh, TSN tweeted uh, on Wednesday, smiling Ryan O'Reilly on the addition of Luke Shen. It's nice to have the Human Eraser here. That's it. It was Ryan O'Reilly, which is the Leafs far and away best pickup they've made in years. And yeah, Ryan O'Reilly calling him the human eraser, Luke Shen, who I recall from a few years back, not being a very good defenseman, pretty slow, but better, you know, than a lot of that Flyers defensive core back then. But if they think he's the human eraser and they're psyched about him, I'll, you know, go for it, guys. Just be happy. Who knows? You know what? I mean, the thing with the thing with Toronto right now is that they just have a shitload of depth, which is good. It's good to have – obviously, you want to have as much depth as possible, especially if you're going to go into the playoffs and hopefully win a few rounds. And I know that's what the Maple Leafs want. Yeah. Will they actually do that? I don't know. But, like, you look at what they have on the back end, and they have uh, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Justin Hall, Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe was a good pickup from them, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Timothy Liljegren, I always have a hard time. I always, every damn time. Luke Shen, okay. Connor Timmons. Mark Giordano's still got it. Um, Oh, yeah. I've always liked Mark Giordano, and uh, I'm really, I'm happy that he's getting an opportunity with them this year. I I really don't think they're going to go. Well, who knows? They they might. I I think O'Reilly was a great pickup for them on the two-way game, and as far as playing those tough defensive minutes. Because this is a team that's had scoring in abundance for years at this point. Just they, they have so many guys that can put up points, but they didn't really have that tough two-way center like that. A guy who can play those minutes at the end of the game. Like we've seen when Sean Couturier was alive and healthy in this world. 
having that guy at the end of the game is such a difference maker and having O'Reilly there. And then like Luke Shen is one of those guys that GMs will say is tough to play against, you know? So maybe that'll make a difference maker. I think O'Reilly's a much bigger deal here, but it's so funny that Luke Shen is being traded for a third round pick in 2023. I honestly didn't expect Luke Shen's NHL career. Like I, I didn't expect him to stick as an NHLer for as long as he did just because <sighs> There's just I always felt that at least during his time in Philly there was so much to be desired from him. Yes, but I mean he's really made a nice little career out of him, like a nice you know he's had a nice career so far, and he is who he is, and GMs yeah. seem to like that. Also, let me just say this: the Boston Bruins also traded for Dmitry Orlov from the Capitals. Dmitry Orlov is averaging two points a game since joining the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a franchise you know they just uh i don't even know they're, they're, they're just good man they just click on all gears they do it drives me nuts steve it drives me nuts too but not as much as this final former flyer trade here okay this one i think is peak just flyer sad hilarity and that would be the arizona coyotes trading one shane gostas bear the ghost bear himself to the carolina hurricanes for a 2026 third round pick let me get this straight chuck fletcher chucky two trades chucky poo trades himself paid the arizona coyotes to take ghost he gave them a second round pick and a bunch of other shit to take ghost off his hands and then he paid the canes for MAGA Ghost, a.k.a. TDA, Tony D'Angelo. And then the Cades paid the Coyotes for original flavor Ghost. Ghost Classic. Are you <laughs> shitting me? It's it's like a ring around the rosy type deal. And Chuck's getting just shit on the whole time. Yeah. It's not great. It's it's not awesome. It's a shame to see. And um, the the funniest part about it, though, is like, the Hurricanes are like the perfect team for Ghost. Like oh, yeah. they are so perfect for him because I feel like like they have really good Jacob Slavin, for example. Like if they, if they put Ghost with Jacob Jacob Slavin's one of the best defensive defensemen in the entire NHL, if not the best. You put Ghost next to him. We literally saw this last year with D'Angelo and Slavin where Yes, it worked great. You know, it worked great because Slavin's just a, a machine back there and it let D'Angelo just be, we, we've seen what he does on the defensive end this year in person. It's bad. It's not good. So this is a guy you really need to let focus on the offense. And we've seen this with Ghost when he worked best with Provorov a few years back when Provorov was still good and not this, this broken hockey player we see today. And when he can just focus in on being just an offensive firecracker. He's awesome. He rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, and it's not even just Jacob Slavin, like the entire um, hurricanes back end is really good. You got Jacob Slavin. Um, obviously Brent Burns is still there. I feel like, I don't know if they're going to keep that combo together, but you got Slavin, you got Burns, you got Brett Pesci, Brady Shea. I mean, they are just, this is Paul Stastny is their fourth liner, fourth line center. Paul Stastny, Derek Stepan, like they are just loaded, this team. And um, and that system I mean, they play, the death. system that Rob Brindamore has implemented there is so responsible defensively. And they're just yeah. a great goddamn team. 
And let's not forget. How did we forget, Steve? Jesse Puyarvi is a hurricane. Oh, yeah. We, we all remember. The tongue. The fateful, the tongue. I don't know that one. Oh, you don't look up any photo of Jesse Puyarvi and his tongue is hanging out like a fucking cow eating, like grazing. Oh. <laughs> his tongue is just like flying everywhere. He's like picking his nose with his tongue all the time. But of course you're bringing him up in the former Flyers section because as we all know, he was traded to the Flyers a few years back as reported by <laughs> one slamming Sammy Carcitti. And Sammy. It, only by the efforts of TSN did this trade not happen because <laughs> Sam had the inside info that he got off a random Facebook or Twitter post or whatever it was that disappeared into the night like a Thanos snap. And oh my God, that Sam fake news tweet where he reported that Wayne Simmons was being traded for Pooley RV and Cam Talbot. Still one of the funniest things. TSM reported it, Bob, because he, Sam, I don't know where you got your info from. Yeah. I think that's that. <laughs> he got like catfished or something, didn't he? I have no idea where he got By this report. blatantly fake report from the fakest Photoshop I've ever seen, but it's <sighs> still, this might be the funniest thing <laughs> news wise like the funniest flyers news thing that's happened over my entire time podcasting over a there decade so of podcasting many... and this might be the funniest thing like of all the beats stuff to happen was sam carcitti posting this blatantly fake piece of news and getting <laughs> slam dunked on backboard broken by Todd mckenzie himself i don't know steve their flyers beats have done some un wildly unhinged shit over the last 10, 15 years. They have, but only boot, one of them. The Claude Giroux boot photo. The boot's good, but only one of them made <laughs> national, or at least hockey national news, and got dumped yeah. on by McKenzie. Uh, oh, it was so good. Yeah. But Pulley Harvey went to the Carolina Hurricanes, so uh, that, that drama, it feels like he, well, he's literally been trying to be traded or he's been rumored to be traded from the Oilers since Wayne Simmons was traded from the Flyers. So it's been years and finally traded over to the Carolina Hurricanes. And now he's reunited with his fellow countryman, Sebastian Ajo. And it just feels like this just screams to me. Like it's going to be a situation where Puyarvi just goes nuts. Like he just becomes the player that people thought he could be in Carolina because it's Carolina. And I just, I don't know. Like Carolina just strikes me as a team that they're just fun. I love watching this Carolina team. And I don't know how far they're going to make it into the playoffs. And it's a shame. I really want the uh, playoff formatting to change because, like, all these the good format. teams are going to get, they're all, like, half of the best teams in the NHL are going to get knocked out in the first round. And it sucks. I want to see them play longer. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really, really fun seeing, uh, Carolina make whatever push it is they make into the playoffs. Yeah. I think Carolina is a team to watch. I mean, I really want Carolina versus Boston. That's, that's the Eastern conference finals. We all deserve. That would be fun. I honestly, uh, and perhaps this is um, controversial. I would like to see a Rangers Boston one. It'd be good. It'd that, be good hockey. Be I, I don't want to see it as a, a, a Philadelphia hockey fan. I can't necessarily say I'm a Flyers yeah, fan these yeah. days, but I'm a, but, I'm a hockey fan based on Philadelphia. But, uh, you know, you as far as Rangers like, Bruins, if you get a Rangers Bruins series, just imagine the drama between Truba, Marchand, like there would be so much shit talking. It would Honestly, be, it would be incredible. And I hate to say this, but like 
I I think it's going to be fun in the East regardless because I think the Devils are going to be like yeah. I say this very reluctantly, but they might be fun to watch too because Jack Hughes is the fucking he's guy. amazing. He's really yeah. good. But that play he made against the Flyers on Sunday when he just he just sent Nick Sealer to the shadow realm was oh. amazing. Oh my god, it was, so. it was it was so good. What a smashing that game was. And the Flyers gotten smashed a couple times in the past week and it's what they needed because they finally came out and Chuck Fletcher finally waved the white flag even though he won't make any goddamn trades. What are you doing, Chuck? Okay? I'm hoping by the time I put out this podcast you've made some trades, but I'm not holding my breath. But anyway, Chuck Fletcher I love John it. Tortorella coming out. Oh yeah, Torts saying like uh, yeah, we're not making the playoffs. We're going to sell, right? <laughs> like, he's just, he's so over the he's, whole narrative of we can make the playoffs. Like, no, we can't. Dude, it, it, he's, I think he's with a lot of us where if he could simulate the rest of the season, we would do it at this point because it's, yeah. it ain't worth watching out and there's a bunch more games to go. And I, I was doing some research for uh, something I am working on for next month and Tortorella, there's an outside chance he could get his career high in regulation losses this season, but the Flyers have to lose a lot more in regulation over the the last month or so of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to, and it's not impossible. Like the Flyers have a big, like, like a long stretch here against like Carolina, Tampa, I think who else they got coming up? Um maybe Boston. I think Boston was in the mix, yeah. Yeah, just like a murder's row the next like couple weeks. So, it's bad, but know. we know the thing is though, the Flyers love an overtime loss. They love it. Oh, they yeah. cherish them. It's it's awful. But yeah. uh they got yeah, one last yeah. night against the Rangers. They did. It was completely unearned well they, they played all right they played better in that game than they had in the previous couple but still not great they're ba- they're a bad hockey team folks they're a bad hockey team we all know this but shocking i know but at, you know <laughs> at least they're not in the position where they're not they're not in the position where they could be good if their gm would just make a couple moves just a couple tweaks and they could be back in the mix they could make the playoffs and see what could happen unlike our, our neighbors over to the western side of the state, the other side of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, where the Penguins find themselves in a bit of a conundrum, where, not even a conundrum, this is a team that has Sidney Crosby still playing very, very good hockey, Evgeny Malkin playing good hockey, Chris Letang, Christopher Letang playing good hockey, and their general manager just won't do anything to back them up, he won't make any moves, and who's their general manager again, Quiggs? Oh... Isn't that Ron Hextall, Steve? Oh, I believe. You're right. I believe their general manager is Ron Hextall. And you'd be shocked to learn Ron Hextall hasn't done jack shit to improve the Penguins this season. Hey, he got Mark or uh, Mikhail Grandland. So That's true. That's true. That's all he had to do. Pens are on their way to the Stanley Cup. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Fire Hextall was trending earlier on Twitter. Hilarious. And then... Josh Yoey, of all people, was writing Fire Hextall. Uh, he wrote a Fire Hextall article on The Athletic, which, yeah, you know, things are bad when that's happening because that, yes. it takes a lot for like, Pence writers to write that kind of stuff. I feel like it takes a lot for any, like, full-time writer to call out the GM like that. Right. Like, and Charlie's over here. Like, Charlie could have wrote, like, Fire Chuck Fletcher, like, two years ago, and he hasn't oh, yeah. written anything approaching that. Yeah, because, like, when you write something like that, you're basically you're doing it at your own risk because then the, like 
the GM or whoever is going to see it and they're going to be like, wow, okay. Well, like, we're just not the thing not about talking to the GM again. You know, the thing about Ron Hextall though is he doesn't talk to any of the media to start with. Like he yeah, locks so doors. Care. Remember? Yeah. So yeah. they're just doing. They're just going after it, throwing caution to the wind. Well, it, you know, it's that it's that lack of access to start with. So you don't really have any risk of getting cut off. And then on top of that, the fact that like he really hasn't done anything to improve this club and you're really wasting the last, like look what we were talking about Boston for a lot of the show and looking at what Boston is doing for Patrice Bergeron for David Krejci. They have Pasternak under, you know, a reasonable, well, he's still going to have a reasonable cut, but you know what I mean? A lesser cap hit for a year. Marchand, like they had the gang together. Let's make the push. Let's do it. And the Penguins had the gang together but they're not really adding anything to the gang. You know, it's like, well, I guess Rust and Gensel will be enough. And no, you need more. Yeah, no, you need a lot more. You need it like this is the time when you still have Sidney Crosby and Chris, Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin there and Jake Gensel. You have to do whatever you can. You, you have to do with the Boston Bruins and really every other team in in the uh, Eastern Conference is doing. You have to bring in as many players as possible to win the cup while you have your core there. Um, and I'd granted, say specifically the, the Metro. Like, the Metro is... The Atlantic's is doing it, too. Yeah, but the, I, I mean, the Metro, you've... Uh, the Rangers making the swings they've made. The Devils made big swings. Uh, Carolina's made a couple good moves, you know? Like, the Metro's stacked, and the Penguins haven't done it. Even the Islanders did the Bo Horvat move. Well, yeah, that's true, yeah. But, like, the entire division that is in it has done it. Obviously, the Flyers and the Blue Jackets ain't shit. But, like, the Penguins are just like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, Ron, you're not... Like, I understand Ron not doing anything in Philly to an extent. Obviously, he took it to an extreme, and I don't get into all that. But, like, Pittsburgh is a win-now situation. There's nothing to rebuild, man. Like, it's going to be desolate after Crosby retires. We all know this. He's such a, like, Ron Hextall is to his, like, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? To his for? detriment. To his, to his own he's detriment. He's stubborn to he his is, own detriment. He's too much of a forward-thinking guy. Like, he's like, whoa, we can't risk the future. And it's just like, when you have Sidney Crosby and Chris Tang and Evgeny Malkin, and they're all in their mid to late 30s, yeah. Yeah, you can do that because, like, you have to, like, if you want to win a cup again, you have to go for it now. You don't, like, if you wait for tomorrow, like, who knows what could happen with them? Like, they're getting older. They could, who knows? They could just decide to retire after the season. I don't think they will, but they could. Any one of those three could retire any day now. And they would have tremendous careers. And they're all going to be Hall of Famers. Like, yeah, you know, like... (laughs) You, you, there you is no tomorrow. It. it is today. You must go for it right now. You have to make trades. And like, granted, I see where he's coming from. He's like, well, I don't want to risk the future for, you know, whatever this is. You have to, though. That's the thing. That's why he's never. That's why Ron Hextall. And I say this as if he's going to be a GM again. Um, this is why he will never win a Stanley Cup as a GM unless he learns from this. Um, because and I don't, what just, team's going to give him a chance after this, you know, nobody, like you just will. said, like if he's a GM, like I sincerely doubt anybody's going to look at his body of work and say, yeah, this is the guy. Like, and this is the thing that, um, the Capitals are doing that makes their GM look good. They like, they had a ton of injuries this year. And that's honestly why they're in the position they are 
is because they were so banged up all year. Backstrom was out most of the year. Tom Wilson was out most of the year. They're still without uh, um, Carl Haglin. Like Ovechkin had, he was away for a little while. Like a ton of weird shit happened. John Carlson's hurt. Like they just decided, you know what? We're going to, we're just, we're just done with this season. We're going to get the assets we can get for the guys that we have. And we're going to keep our core intact and we're going to make another run at it next season. And next season, you know what? The caps are probably going to be the same old caps where they're really, really good and they make the playoffs and they might even win a round or two, you know, Hey, until their hall of famer retires until, you know, until Alex Ovechkin no longer plays ice hockey, the caps have to go for it. And that's just yes. kind of the, the rules there. It's like, you have an all-timer, you got to do everything you can for that guy. And that's yeah. one of the disappointments. This season of- was an outlier, but for the Penguins, they have no excuse. Yeah. And that's the thing with Hextall. It's just like, how are you not bringing in people? And Mikhail Granlund or Granlund, like, that's not, <laughs> that's not who you bring in to make a deep playoff push. Like yeah. you go for the Bo Horvats, you go for the Jacob Chikorins. And apparently they are in the conversations with Chip with, for Chikorin, but they didn't get him. Sure. And just like Ron Hextall was yeah. in the conversation for Ryan O'Reilly, but didn't want to give up, you know, enough assets to get one of the best defensive centers there was at the time. Yeah. It, what is, is it with the Flyers and just these passive general managers? Ryan O'Reilly couldn't make it, couldn't get it done. Johnny, Johnny hockey couldn't get that done. I dude, I'm I'm so sick and tired of it. I I, I used to say like, ah, oh, people are overreacting, you know, blah blah blah. Nah, nah, I'm sick and tired of it. Give me some fucking action. Let's do something. Let's get nuts. Let's flip over some tables. Let's burn some shit down, motherfuckers. Let's burn it down. To wrap up our whole talk about the trade deadline to this point, because again, there could be a lot to go. The Flyers have at least two to three guys that could very well be out of here by this time tomorrow. But as far as the moves that have been made, what teams on the Fietti scale, what teams have gone to Flavortown with their trade deadline performances? Like, I think the Rangers did it. Rangers got that ticket to Flavortown. They definitely went there. Oh, yeah. They went to Flavortown all the way. Yeah. Um, I'd say the Devils are up there. Timo Meyer, that's a big swing. I like that. The Maple Leafs are up there just because they were just like, fuck it. We're making all the moves. We're going to make every single trade. <laughs> I think they made a lot of trades, but I love, I love the O'Reilly trade for them. I really do. Oh, I do too. Yeah. But like, they've made so many trades. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. And, and Boston to shore up a team that was already by far the best in the NHL and to get a, a player like Bertuzzi and to get the defensive help they did like Boston, man, they, they just Hathaway. Like, yeah. I know Garnett Hathaway is not exactly like, you know, he's not an amazing player or anything like that, but he's one of those, like, he's a glue guy that you actually, that's an actual glue guy. Yeah. Like, he's a terrific human being from everything I hear. My uh, good friend, Sammy Silber, who covers the Washington Capitals for Washington Hockey immediately. Um, <laughs> she, she is, she is, has just nothing but glowing things to say about Garnett Hathaway. And he's one of those guys who just pisses you off. And so like when you got Garnett Hathaway and Brad Marchand on the same team, it's like good grief. It's, it's just going to be a nightmare facing off against them. Oh, and, and that's the thing about the Capitals is they have enough high end talent. Well, you thought that. And then they got Bertuzzi like they have so many high end scorers that, that really the main thing they needed was like rotational guys and like fill in guys and locker room guys. And they, they just did a tremendous job. So a hundred percent your flavor town guys, I would say the Carolina hurricanes have done pretty good, but they could use a little bit more donkey sauce there. You know, the hurricanes have done some good stuff. 
maybe need a little bit more. I, I the Oilers are penguins. Close. Oh, the the or the they penguins. They need all the donkey sauce. The penguins need all the. They need guy to come in and just. Uh, you know, guy is going into the penguins' kitchen, and he's doing the polite like it's good, but you know he doesn't mean it. You know, I mean, he needs to come in full John Taffer style and just squirt donkey sauce all over the place. Shut it down! Shut it down! Yeah, John Taffer Fire is going to come in, and he is just going to tell Ron Hextall that he's a disgrace. You're a dis- your disappointment to your father. Your father's over there crying. He worked his heart and soul so you could be a general manager, and you're killing him. I would love it. I, I would love Don Taffer to like, all right. So when I covered the Golden Knights and I was in Vegas, it was John Taffer was at like every Golden Knights game. I high key hope he gets like more rich so he can one day buy the Golden Knights and just be actually insane like that in the <laughs> locker room. Like I hope I want him to be in the, I hope he, at some point the Golden Knights have gotten John Taffer to go into the locker room and just like, Tell them to shut the other team down. Or tell him to shut the other team shut down. Shut him down! Yeah. Oh, John Taffer, you maniac. And what are some... Oilers... Oilers maybe... They could have done Oilers that. need a little bit more donkey sauce. But they, I like that Ekholm trade for them a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Oh, the Senators. The Senators, that was real spicy. Senators, yeah, they got some spice. I like I like what the Senators did. That Chikrin deal, because I like that Chikrin deal not just for this year, but I think next year, if they make a couple more tweaks, that team could be in the conversation. They really could, especially if Boston does have those retirements we talked about. You know, all of a sudden, the Senators are looking pretty. You really could see a lot of shifting of power in the next couple of years in the Atlantic division. I mean, you've got Detroit on the rise and they just locked up Dylan Larkin for a long time, which is a great move. I love Dylan Larkin. Detroit's on the rise. Ottawa's on the rise. I mean, Montreal's probably a couple more years away, but Montreal's got some interesting pieces and the lightning are getting older. The Bruins are getting older. So you could see some big shifts. Yeah. It's wild how like most teams in the Eastern conference, are going the right direction, except for honestly, the flyers, the flyers seem to be just continuously bad, but like, but not bad enough, not bad enough though. But like Montreal, they're going to get better. Detroit's going to get better. Florida. I think they're going to get better. It's just they're I don't know what's going on with them. I think they're just having not the best coaching right now. And their goaltending situation is rough. I mean, bobrovsky has been a disaster since he signed that deal. And then, Poor Spencer Knight had to go into the NHL assistance program, right? Right. And yeah. the player assistance program, which, I mean, good for him for, for going to get right. that help. But as far as, you know, just talking from a hockey perspective, you know, that's that's rough for the team to go without him. And, you know, they have goaltending issues, coaching issues, and also the mix just hasn't been the same since they, they made their big trade in the offseason. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like you look at the teams out West and it's like so many of them, so many of the Western teams are getting actively worse. Like Vancouver is horrible. San Jose is horrible. The ducks are atrocious. And the ducks, we didn't expect to be this bad this year. They're way worse than we thought they'd be. Yeah. Now you, you do have some improving teams out West, like uh, Seattle. I think LA is getting better, but the golden Knights, even though they're winning, they're like first in their division right now. I am not convinced that this is a sustainable thing for them. Like, no, they're, no. they're goaltending. I think is a little suspect. Now, granted, oh, John Quick's going to fix that. 
Yeah, jo- Jonathan Quick, who's been horrible all year, is just going to be good. Although I will say this. It will be fun to see Jonathan Quick, because the Golden Knights face the Kings twice more this regular season. It'll be fun oh. to see him start against the uh, um, against the Kings. I love me a revenge game. Oh, I do too. It's great. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I just got to go and bet shutouts for those right now. Actually, hold on. Let me confirm this. I know the the Knights face the Kings one more time, but do they face them twice more? Oh, who's to say? Uh, they only face them one more time. I'm well, sure. you know what? I'm betting a shutout for that game. I would love that. That would be so hilarious if that's what happens. It would be amazing. I, I'm hoping for it at this point. I am hoping I, for I it. Don't that. trade me to Ohio. Nobody wants to go to Ohio. Yeah, not me. Not me. Well, folks, we've talked a great deal about trade deadline. And I, I'm sad to say this is all going to be hockey this episode. There is no non-hockey this episode. But uh, sorry, not sorry on that front, as a uh, terrible man would say. But final note of the show I wanted to bring up. So the Flyers played the Rangers earlier this week. We talked about this. That was at the Wells Fargo Center. Nationally televised game on TNT, although apparently got blacked out for a lot of people in yeah, both the no Philly and Philly New York watch. Yeah, which is insane. It's just, I mean, I was fine for some reason, but a lot of people couldn't watch it. Really bad. But what you did miss out on was, I think, at least as far as I can remember, the largest number of Rangers fans I've ever seen in the Wells Fargo center. It was insane. There was an entire section that was just filled with blue shirted Rangers fans, blue shirts on broad street. They were everywhere. And in the past, this would be something that would piss me off. This would be like, God damn, we can't allow this shit to happen. This is terrible. Like I've been to some flyers, Rangers games. They get chippy as hell. Rangers fans are assholes and you know, we're assholes too. And we just give it back and forth to each other. But this year I thought good good that's a message to the higher ups that something is wrong like this shit shouldn't happen you're hearing rangers chants in the wells fargo center loud and clear torts heard it torts commented on it after the game yeah no i mean and he even said like we want to get to a point where it's hard to for anyone other than flyers fans to come to flyers games in philly like Right now, we're not. <laughs> he he's he's been saying everything that the fans have been thinking. Honestly, um, the Flyers aren't there right now, and it's it's bad. He knows it. He's admitting it. Um, and he even said the Flyers made their own bed. Like management, the players, everybody, they made their own bed, and that's their responsibility to get out of it. And it's so embarrassing. It is it's so horrible. embarrassing to to have that number of opposing fans in your house because you know, I've been at takeovers of other stadiums, right? Like not too often. Like the only, I think I've only been to one and that was the national stadium in 09 with a bunch of Phillies fans. And you know, the nationals weren't really that proud of a fan base at that point where it was really like that much of an insult. They were pretty like kind of new at that point, but Rangers and flyers, these are two old ass franchises. I mean, the Rangers are an original six team. The Flyers are from the first group of expansion teams. These are two old foes, two old rivals, Philly and New York. And I've been at Philly's Mets games that are like 50-50, and they are disgusting, messy affairs. Yeah. But you know what? The Philly Stadium, filled. number one, going to every Philly's game is tough, right? Like, it's, it's tough to fill a baseball stadium, especially like a 38,000-seat stadium. 
routinely throughout the season. A 19,000-seat hockey arena. We have seen the Flyers have shutouts through the entire season. That used to be the norm. And because they are so piss poor, because they are so bad, that stadium, I mean, it was at least 50-50 Flyers-Rangers fans, if not more Rangers fans. It was ridiculous. And I hope they're embarrassed. I hope they feel shitty about that. And I hope that, you know, kicks them in the ass a little bit. I highly doubt it will, because they still haven't made any damn trades. But you know what? Good. Good. Yeah, no, and hopefully that sparks, like, maybe that game against the Rangers last night, a.k.a. Wednesday at the time of this recording, maybe that will spark Chuck Fletcher into thinking, like, oh, okay, like, I do really have to do something here. Because, um, like, nothing's been done yet. Could you imagine if there's not a single trade? I don't think that will happen because that would be just dumbfounding. If, if you don't if trade it, at, at minimum, James Van Riemsdyk. At bare minimum. And it really, your bare minimum should be Van Riemsdyk. Absolute minimum, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if you don't trade minimum. Van Riemsdyk at the bare minimum, what are you doing? Just resign now. Because I would trade Van Riemsdyk for a fifth round pick just to get something, you know? Yeah. Just to get something. And I, it, it, this is stunning. It really is that he's waiting till the last second like this. And I I don't think he's very good at deal-making, to be honest with you. Just based on, well, you know, I laid out the whole Shane Gostaspare track, right? Where he had to beg, beg the Coyotes to take Shane Gostaspare. And, and I'll give you a second-round pick. You know, just dumb shit. And then Carolina's a, oh, the whole just trail is just. It's depressing to think about. And I just think Chuck Fletcher's a terrible negotiator. I really do. And if I have to see this guy be the GM of the Flyers for another year, I don't know. Maybe this will just be a movie podcast. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Who see. knows what's going to happen? We break down twins scene by scene. Yeah, I'd rather do that. Oh, I'd much rather do that. Tonight is your night, bro. <laughs> Man. All right, Quigs, unless you got anything else, I think we're about to call it. Yeah, nothing else. It looks like uh, tomorrow's going to be a busy day for me. I took off work all day tomorrow. So oh, baby. I'm going to be by my computer for when slash if any trades come through. Um, this, I, this is like legit one of my favorite times of year. I love like the little rumors. I love I love this shit. It's so fun to me. Um, and I'm just excited for the trade deadline tomorrow. AKA the day this podcast potentially comes out. We'll see. Um, oh, it's but, definitely coming yeah. out like tonight or early tomorrow, but it's oh, not, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to tomorrow for the trades hopefully. And uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for content and a lot more very soon. Well, hopefully anything happens and Chuck Fletcher's just not a, a sleep in his desk. Uh, you know, he's got the glasses with uh, eyes on him, like Homer Simpson at jury duty, just pretending to be awake. And uh, none of that would surprise me. None of that would surprise me. He's George Costanza. He's just locked in his office playing drums. Could be anything, but we'll see what Chuck's up to. But uh, we'll be back next week to break down all that did or did not happen. Thank you so much for listening, folks. If you have any feedback for us still, unfortunately, the best place to reach us is twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. Quigs, where can people find you on the Twitters? Find me at Ryan Quigs with a Z, people. 
Oh, wow. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but if it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole is also on Instagram, and it is also on TikTok. And I don't know TikTok because I'm nearly 40, but that's... I'm trying. I'm trying, folks. And also, we have a couple... Ex- well, at least one exciting BSH thing that will be coming up soon, so keep an eye out for that announcement. And yeah. I'm running out of gas. It's 11 o'clock at night and trades might break any second now. Who knows? But thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.